I want to draw your attention to the one passage. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. I love you. All right. I want to draw your attention to Luke chapter 2. Open your Bibles if you have them with you. Uh, the title that I have for you this morning is God Had a Plan. How many know that God had a plan? In spite of the sins of mankind, God had a plan. And I know that we've read from this passage quite a bit here today, but I want to read a number of verses to you. I'd like for you to follow along. Um, Luke chapter 2, we're going to be looking from verse 6 through 14. Luke chapter 2, 6 through 14. And do not worry. I want to get to lunch just as badly as you do, okay? I've been told I have 10 to 15 minutes. Emphasis on 10. That's what I was told by the Lansings. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> Read with me, read with me, Luke chapter 2, 6 through 14. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this, thi this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the same that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Why don't you bow your heads with me? Let us pray for a moment. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you so much for the performance. Incredible work depicting the birth, the time of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the music, Father. We thank you for the worship. And the inspiration that we receive from it. Father, we praise you for it all. We thank you so much for what you're doing in our hearts by all of these wonderful things. We thank you for the warmth that we're experiencing in our hearts as a result of the season. The difference, the climate, the environment, how everything around us has changed. Because somehow, some way, you are intimately moving in the lives of people as we consider the meaning of this season. 
Father, may you continue to transform our hearts. May you perform that, that ever needed surgery within us, Father, so that in the event, Lord, those of us who are saved, in the event that we're just merely going through the motions, that somehow through this process, Father God, you may give rise or give birth to something powerful in the inside of us. That we may consecrate ourselves to you more than ever before. And Father, if there's anybody here among us who, who do not know you personally, that somehow through this miracle story, you may reach a heart and that somebody today may be saved. We thank you for it all, Father. And we praise you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, I think the story is extremely incredible. I think that anybody who reads this particular story has to admit that it is quite extraordinary. And, and in many ways, it's almost impossible to believe when you think about it. And yet, thanks be to God, God has given us more than sufficient information from the Old Testament as well as from extra-biblical sources concerning this particular account that it was, in fact, something that really, really happened. Now, thank God for that. So last week we talked about, I, I actually read from this particular passage, we shared a message from this passage, and I kind of laid out the backstory, sort of, sort of give, give weight or credibility to this particular account. Today I just want to simply talk about the story. And I want to set the stage, and I want you to consider what it may have been like during the time of Jesus. And the first thing that I want to get you to understand, or at least envision, is the difficulty that must have existed during the time of the birth of Jesus Christ. Remember, the Bible talks to us clearly about the fact that Romans, the Romans were in power at the time. And it was an extremely difficult time. And this particular passage opens up with a decree that Caesar Augustus had made that all the world should be registered. Now, just think about that for a moment. You talk about uprooting a family, uprooting a nation of people. Because according to the passage, everybody had to rise up from their particular homes, wherever it is they were leaving. And they had to journey to their particular homeland, their, their city of their birth, etc. Things of that nature. So it, it brought confusion to, all, to an already confusing time. And how about this? Think about the whisper that may have existed in the town of Nazareth. Mary was not yet married, yet she was pregnant. And I could imagine, because you know it's not just in today's society where people whisper about other people, right? You know, it's always been the case, right? And I would imagine people were trying to figure out who was the real baby daddy. And in the midst of all that, families were displaced and separated. There was difficulty on so many different levels, the poor are trying to determine how they were actually going to make the commute from their particular town, wherever they were being raised, wherever they were living, to their town of their birth. Because according to Caesar, everybody had to return to their place of birth. It was a difficult time. The roads may have been crowded. Can you imagine? You think the 605 and the 5 is, is difficult during traffic time? Can you imagine the roads? And there were, in fact, roads because it was under the Romans that roads were constructed. 
It was, this was an extremely difficult time. And I'm just using my, my imagination and trying to understand. I want to place myself during that time so that I can feel, if at all, in any way, some small measure of way, what it must have been like. Can you imagine mothers with children traveling, wondering, figuring out, where are we going to use the bathroom? Where are we going to get the milk if they weren't already lugging around their animals? Can you imagine what it must have been like? Tens of thousands were displaced, including Joseph and Mary. In fact, Bethlehem was so crowded when they arrived, there was no civil place for them to live. No civil place for them to stay. Must have been an incredible time. And to make matters worse, Mary's due date had come, and she had no choice but to give birth to her firstborn child in a manger. Now, I want you to think about the manger for a moment. It was a humble place. It was an isolated place. It was one of those places where very few people visited. It was a place that was probably occupied by animals. It was a smelly place. I would imagine it was. Nothing for Joseph and Mary up until this point seemed to have been going well for them. It was a difficult time in the region during that time. And yet we know, according to the title, God had a plan. How many say amen to that? It was an extremely difficult plan. The Bible says when we read this particular account that, that Mary harbored these things in her heart. She was trying to make sense of it all. She had an experience. She had an encounter with the angel Gabriel who had visited her. And she probably wondered, why me? Why not somebody else? And she's pondering these things. And then all of a sudden she was swept away and she had to make a long, long journey while pregnant. And perhaps we don't necessarily know the time that lapsed, but perhaps it was almost immediately, almost immediate when they arrived in Bethlehem and it was time for her to give birth. God had a plan. He was about to offer mankind the ultimate means of salvation. He was going to express his love in a way like never before. Can you imagine that? I think the ultimate the ultimate type of love, the ultimate expression of God's love, it is safe to say it was wrapped up in that bundle of joy in, in, in Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. How many say amen to that? I want you to consider that for a moment. Surely mankind will receive me now. I would imagine God stating that, declaring that, proclaiming, surely mankind will receive me now, surely they will honor me now, I'm about to unfold myself before them in the ultimate way, surely they will respect me, surely they will pursue my face now, surely I'd be able to draw the world to me, to serve me in spirit and in truth. And yet his only begotten son was born of all places. In a stable, in a manger. Incredible. And then the scene changes dramatically. Jesus has been born, but out on the field, lots of angels appear singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And I want you to imagine that scene for a moment. 
the night sky lights up, and then all of a sudden there's glorious music and singing that erupts in the entire region. And only, and only a group of shepherds were privileged to that encounter. As far as we know, according to the Word of God. Can you imagine, we're talking about the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In fact, when we think about those angels, this is probably out there just a little bit. But I would imagine the honor and the privilege God gave to these particular angels during that particular time. Perhaps they were created for that purpose alone. From the very beginning of their own creation, they were awaiting the time when they would proclaim the birth of the God-man. The birth of the Son of the living God. Can you imagine that for a moment? Their only role, ushering the birth of my Son Jesus. And to think their only audience is comprised of humble shepherds. Why did he come? What was the goal? Why all the effort? Why did God go through all of that? That that process that we read about. The agony, the pain. We know according to the word of God that Jesus suffered immensely. We know according to some of the material that we had in front of you earlier. That Jesus Christ indeed was born to... Once once again, Jesus Christ was born to... Jesus was born to die. And according to our biblical text, later on in this particular book, as well as the other Gospels, we know that he suffered a brutal death. But that came after the scourging and the whipping and the the torture and the persecution. And when I read passages concerning the, the Messiah dying on the cross in the Old Testament, it clearly gives me the indication that he was, he was so marred that you, no one probably was able to recognize him. Can you imagine that? I mean, I've seen some really bad beatings in my life in the streets of North Philadelphia. In fact, I'm probably responsible for some of those bad beatings. I know what it's like, but when I read the text, when I read the Word of God, I think this is extremely incredible. Your Jesus and mine was born to suffer and then ultimately die. For what purpose? Why was it necessary? Was it even necessary that God had to do it that way? Wasn't there some, perhaps some other way? No. It had to happen. Matthew eighteen eleven says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. John 10, 10, For the Son of Man has come, or rather, that we may experience An abundant life. It says the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. More abundantly. That's why Jesus came. John 3.16, and I'll close with this. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world, come on, help me here, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Perhaps you are here today, and maybe, just maybe, this was your first encounter with the cross. Just maybe, you, you, you probably heard something here today. Maybe 
something that really, really touched your heart from one of the performances up here today. And you're wondering what this Christianity is really all about. Perhaps you don't know Jesus. I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I want to invite you to consider just a little bit further what this season actually means. We're not here a bunch of lunatics wasting our times with issues of religion. There's a life to this. There's a substance to this. There's a morality, a reality to all of this that we are a part of here today, that we are participating here today. And it's about the eternity of our souls. It's about where we are going to spend the rest of eternity. Because the Bible actually makes it clear that when God created us in His image, He created us to live forever. He created us to live forever. And the Word of God makes it distinctively clear that it's either heaven or hell. It's a biblical reality. And yet, God... In His wonderful and unconditional love, He offered us the means by which you and I can spend eternity in heaven with Him. His name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. I said it before, I say it again. I believe when Jesus Christ was persecuted, He was scourged by the Romans before actually being nailed on the cross, as well as His time On the cross, I believe he shed every drop of blood in his body. Not that it was necessary, but because that's how badly he was beaten. That's how badly he was scourged. Just imagine when they stuck the spear in his side and what that did to his physical body. It was a brutal death. And he did it for you and I. That we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. I want to invite you. To bow your heads, to close your eyes at this time. We just want to honor God with an opportunity for anybody who doesn't know Jesus before I hang up the microphone. Somebody here, I know it. I just know it. Somebody here doesn't know Jesus. And this is an opportunity for you to consider. The question is, what are you going to do with Jesus? Perhaps you used to know him. Perhaps, or rather, you used to serve him, and you were passionate, and you were on fire. But somehow, some way, you've lost sight. It happens. It happens to everybody. This is an opportunity for you to revisit, for you to reconsider the opportunity that God gives to you here today. He wants you back. He wants you home. He wants you to serve him. He wants you to know him. He wants to cleanse your sin. He wants for you to be saved here today. And if you don't know Jesus, I want you to pray a prayer with me. Bow your heads, everybody. I want you to pray a prayer with me. If you don't know Jesus, please, this may be your last opportunity. And all you have to do is pray a prayer like this. Say, dear Jesus, in your heart. And then mean it, and mean it in your heart. Say, dear Jesus, I am a sinner. And I need you in my life. I recognize my sin today. I recognize my rebellion, and I recognize and I believe that you died for me, that you offered yourself for me, that I may have this abundant life that you talk about in your word. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and forgive my sin, all of my sin. 
save my soul and become my Lord and Savior. And Lord Jesus, give me the strength I need to be the Christian that I'm supposed to be for the rest of my life. I pray this in your name, Jesus. And God's people say, Amen. Father, we thank you so much for this time in your presence. We thank you so much for these brief words. We thank you so much for the significance. Oh, Lord God, there aren't any words. There aren't enough words in all the languages in the world to adequately characterize, describe the wonder, the all in wonder of this miracle birth. We thank you so much for giving us this season and allowing us to celebrate in your presence. These things we pray in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. Please stand as we sing this last song. Praise God. Amen. A joyful time. Amen. Amen. Let us pray to close and make sure before you run out of here, say Merry Christmas to as many people as you possibly can. And make sure you look for the visitors. We have some visitors here today. Make sure you got this right. You got that. You hear me? Okay. Say hello to somebody. Give, give a hug. A, a grace brethren 
warm hug to somebody who's visiting us here today. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your blessings upon us. We love you, Lord. We commit ourselves to you. We commend ourselves to you. We thank you so much for this particular season, for the blessing that it is. Help us, Father God, as we to, to be safe, as we spend time with family members and friends, as we prepare for our meals and our travels. May you protect us. May you watch over us. Father, may you grant us many, many, many opportunities to share faith with those in our lives who do not know you personally. We love you, Lord God. We glorify you and praise you in the precious and mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Merry Christmas.